Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Good Fight Podcast, Season 2, Episode 25. And as we approach the midterms, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, I don't think we can emphasize enough the importance of this election. Um, And so we are just sprinting towards them, and we want to uh, put all the information out there as as much as we can uh, so we can all be informed. I think it's a really good exercise for us, Denver, in, in light of this to think about, in, in light of, we were talking about sprinting to the midterms now. What are the things, the essential things that we need to emphasize now? What are some of the things that we probably should try to steer clear from if possible? And then start making a list of really important things that need to be on the docket afterwards. So, in kind of in that light, we're going to structure our episode today. Yeah, and and you're totally right, because there are just a number of issues out there, um, but we have to kind of narrow them down because there are issues that are more important than others. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Yeah, so we've got uh, some of those essential suggestions. Um, Just uh, for those of you that are are Christian believers and are serious about uh, applying the gospel to all of life, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we know that the gospel is the main thing, that that Christ came to the world to save sinners, but it's kind of like the gospel and and then then what? Now what do we do? And uh, that's I think that's a very relevant thing, especially for those of us uh, who are uh, believers. So we'll uh, go on and conclude with a couple of things. I think it's going to be a good episode. So we'll be back in just a minute. back in this episode talking about some of the essentials that we need to keep in mind as we make the case for people to vote and how we should vote uh, in these midterm elections. I should have mentioned in the introduction that a little later on in the broadcast we want to talk about just to be aware of the uh, of, of some uh, some October surprises that uh, the the other side may have up their sleeve and we'll uh, kind of outline some of the things to look out for and how we can kind of keep from tripping up over those things. But in the meantime, uh, uh, our immediate goal and it, uh, voting starts early. Now with mail-in ballots, early voting and all that stuff, we can't just wait till a week or a couple of, of days before Election Day. we got to start getting these things out there now. So uh, I really like this list of, of, of three really essential things and then a couple others that we can maybe emphasize. But the first one of those is crime. And I, I just really think we need to emphasize the results of the failed policies of this administration. Uh, the, there's such abundant evidence that we are all seeing that it, if we keep hammering on this, if do you really want to live like this? It's not, it's not necessary to live like this. We have to think and not feel. And crime, uh, on purpose, has been allowed to flourish by uh, DAs that aren't serious about punishing crime, uh, people being let out without bail. Uh, and not only in the big cities, but they're, it, it's, it's trickling down uh, really all places. And if it hasn't already, it's likely going to be trickling down to your locality. So something we really have to be proactive in, in voting and being aware of. Yep, absolutely. And something that is correlated with that is the border. Um, and so that's something that is on the ballot. Um, and not only from a national perspective, but if you think from a state perspective of Uh, the sanctuary cities that we have in states, um, that's something that um, can be done away with by voting. So uh, that's why 
it's uh, even more important. But I think that crime and board and the border is something that is pretty directly correlated. Yeah, and as and as much as we need to fix the broken immigration system, just like we need to fix the broken prison system when we talk about crime, I think we let ourselves get pulled way off by people waiting. Oh, we need to get a comprehensive uh, uh, immigration thing. There's no upside to the open border the way it is now, and it's sad. Another policy that that that's being put forth on purpose. And it's, it is just not right, and it's not necessary, and, and every state now has become a border state. Uh, and you just look at the reaction of the people on Martha's Vineyard to even a few hours of some of that uh, to see that uh, it, it's very disingenuous not to think about that. I guess they kind of closed their border in a hurry, didn't they? Yeah, really. <laughs> or deported people in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, af- after the border uh, comes the economy. And so uh, that's another thing that you can look back and failed policies. You look back to uh, uh, COVID lockdowns, uh, the extreme response to that, and the resultant uh, uh, stimulus packages that were that were pa- passed to uh, to spend money that we didn't have to throw trillions of dollars into the economy. It's a formula for inflation. And uh, the, the supply chain interruptions and all that stuff, and it, and you know we can't go back and unring that bell, so to speak. But we can be aware to to keep that from happening and to start promoting solid policies that are going to get us back on a on an uh, on even footing to fight this inflation and uh, for all of us to to realize that economic policy matters, trade policy matters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I guess our next one would be energy. We've heard a lot about energy independence, um, but oil and natu- natural gas is a blessing and a gift. Um, and I think it's it's important to acknowledge that, yes, those things are limited resources, but for the meantime, we have to and will be dependent on them in the near future. Um, and to not acknowledge that is, to me, is, is not the right case. And so, um, like I said, I, I know there's going to come a time where we will have to use more alternative resources, but now is the time to develop them and get them ready for the future. But for now, there's no reason why we can't use that. Um, and kind of on the the same topic, climate change uh, for us is not the most important issue and shouldn't be a driving issue. Um, so, you know, we're listing these these five that we have that are pretty important. Climate change is kind of lower on, on the docket than, than some of these that we're talking about. Yeah, and I, and I think that uh, it, it's been a very common um, um, tactic of, of leftist or leftist thinking uh, for hundreds of years to create a crisis uh, in, as an excuse to uh, put forth radical change that is only in the, the interest of a very few people at the top and has its cost on the people below it. And, uh, and so climate change is just one of the latest of those things. And, you know, back in the 70s, all the books said, oh, we're going to have this ice age that's coming up. And then, you know, just and we, we may do another episode or a segment about the different crises that have come up throughout history and how they you know, basically, you know, come to nothing or not not nearly as much of a, of a radical thing as they thought. And all of the havoc that that has uh, wreaked in the process. Yeah. 
So uh, finally, we, we could talk about education too, and especially just the sexualization of children. And I think it's really coming to the fore how uh, these major, major universities and hospitals are, are doing radical sexual surgery on minors uh, because there's been some little excuse that they, that they may be trans. And that, uh, you know, we can talk about how to, you know, specifically how to cut up the pie. And, and, uh, but under the age of 18, I think there's a, a huge argument that most people will agree on that at least parents need to have a seat at the table or have be the, the main deciding force in how these feelings are handled uh, in terms of, of minors. And I think we would be very good to join with whoever else is on that bandwagon to uh, try to try to fight this. I mean, there's even an organization called Gays Against Groomers. <laughs> so, you know, that's put you know putting that on too. And so I think that that's good. And that's just common sense. It's really a no-brainer unless you really have uh, in uh, you know other insidious um, goals in mind. Yeah, I just want to mention that the. The other arguments to these five essentials, the crime, border, economy, energy, and education, most of them are, uh, the arguments are feel-good arguments, which means that they're really using feelings to drive their argument, um, especially with like energy and climate change, how that ties together, and then education. Um, and so we need to stand up and, and do our best to uh, think and put out respectful responses to these um, uh, to these feeling type arguments. And I have seen these in my everyday life every single day. So um, that's just something I've been practicing, but I think it's important to mention. Absolutely. So it's good to, to keep those things in mind. And uh, just as we carry on conversations, and, and I need to use this line more, but I, I, I think it really has a lot of, uh, of validity that, you know, do we want to do things that are going to make people feel good or, or do we want to do things that are actually going to do some good? Mm -hmm. And I think that that can get a lot of mileage because uh, there are a lot of people out there kind of on the fence, just kind of swaying with the wind. And uh, you look at our, our motto for a podcast that we're, um, we are uh, em empowering uh, truth seekers to uh, find their place in the good fight. And there are a lot of people out there that we want to try to empower and inform. So we'll be back in just a minute. We're going to talk about uh, some October surprises that uh, we need to be aware of and not, uh, not get tripped up by them. So we'll be back in a second. Okay, and we are back, and we're going to talk about the special five October surprise, surprises that Brian uh, has talked about. Um, and so these are uh, things that, um, that Democrats may bring up uh, to deflect from real issues above with uh, emotional and false arguments, kind of what I talked about, the, the, the feeling type of arguments earlier. Um, so I guess the first one would be um, the January 6th report release. Um, and what, I mean, January 6th in general, that's what kind of what we're going to be talking about in a couple of these, but, um, that is going to be playing a big factor. I think, um, they're going to use that as much as they can. And to me, I, I don't think we have to, or we should try not to fall into that pit, um, and fall into that argument and get tied up in all that. Like we said, we have our five essentials that we want to talk about for the election. This is not something we uh, should fall into. 
Yeah. And even for January 6th, well, if uh, the, the country would, if January 6th hadn't happened and Trump had gotten elected and these uh, policies could be avoided, we would be a lot better off in all of these different uh, places. I mean, whether we like Trump or not, but uh, I mean, the, the fa it's the failed policies that's good to look. But yeah, uh, there, there are operatives and people, there's a guy named Mark Elias that is a, a, a big Democratic operative. And, um, you know, once again, our, you know, my thesis, our thesis is that, you know, the, the, the real true arguments in favor of their policies are so bankrupt that they cannot lead with those like we can uh, in, in what we're trying to do, that they've got to kind of try to play the game. And the stirring up the pot with January 6th, uh, the completely bogus uh, trying to m make it an insurrection, which in any definition of that term, uh, it certainly wasn't. But to use that term very purposefully, uh, I just don't think we can can go down that road. So uh, just if it happens, we just have to kind of ride it out and uh, not get baited into spending too much time and energy, but to be able to keep the conversation on the policies. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's a really good strategy. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, this, the second of the October surprises, and, uh, and some of this has come out of January 6th, but that there, there will be more subpoenas and indictments of uh, either people around Trump or people who have been associated with uh, January 6th or somebody close or candidates that are up for election that, um, uh, that, that might have, have questioned that, uh, even as we legitimately do, and uh, that there is lots of video and audio evidence of Democrats like Hillary Clinton and um, uh, who's the Georgia governor candidate? It's not coming to my mind right now. Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Stacey Abrams, you know, questioning the, tw the 2016 election and all that stuff and their election and not conceding. So uh, that's just been part and parcel of that. So not to fall into that. Um, I think it's really scary, uh, and it's something for our long list, the, the, the weaponization of the FBI to go after people. Uh, I mean, just in the last couple of days, that pro-life uh, guy that had a confrontation with somebody in an abortion clinic, it, it was dismissed by the local law enforcement, but now the feds are coming in, raided at gunpoint in front of his many kids uh, for some little altercation that happened outside of an abortion clinic. Uh, you know, whether you like Mike Lindell or not, you know, holding him up at a Hardee's and taking his cell phone and not even showing the warrant and stuff like that. It just is so uneven and so uh, unfair and not uh, completely un-American that uh, we have to be aware that this might happen, not get too tripped up by it, but be ready to really address that uh, if, as we pray, that the Houses of Congress will be taken back over. Yep. And speaking of un-American, uh, the next one on the list is subverting election integrity. Um, so this, there's a lot that comes with that, um, and there's a lot to be aware of. Uh, one thing is uh, that you yourself can be aware of is unmanned drop boxes, um, uh, ballot harvesting. Uh, we've heard a lot about uh, the ballot mule trafficking operation uh, that happened in, in 2020. Uh, that that what was that one movie? Uh, 2000, 2000 mules. Mules. Yep. If yep. you haven't seen that, take a look. Um, you know, it, it was very eye opening and, uh, you know, it, so I, I really recommend it. So what steps are they going to take this, this time again, because they will try that again. If it worked last time, they're going to try again. So, uh, this is a very, very dangerous 
thing uh, that happened and is probably going to happen again. Um, uh, dangerous to democracy, uh, or so it's it's something to, to keep an eye on, and and when I guess we'll see, but it's kind of scary. Yeah, and I, I like the idea that the the best solution for that is to overwhelm them with the with with votes uh, for for <laughs> common sense and and uh, and these uh, policies that will be will be better for all of us. And so that the even if they're to whatever extent that does happen, it'll just be overwhelmed. And once again, there are so many of my friends, your friends, associates, church members that don't vote. And so it's really worth trying to, you know, figure out uh, people and issues uh, that we can encourage people to encourage to go vote and the people and issues that will motivate that for people and not to stay home. It does matter. And that that's part of our good fight is is in voting. And uh, even if people aren't kind of speaking out on the issues like we are, if we can persuade people to vote, that's the most important thing. Yep. If you have if you have an opportunity to show a non-voter two thousand mules, I would say do it because I think that would get them a little bit fired up because I know it did for me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and you'll hear once again you'll hear some things out there against it. Um, on social media, but you got to look for yourself. And uh, there is lots of compelling uh, things that should make all of us concerned. Okay, and even if you're happy with the way the election turned out, or you know, if you're glad somebody didn't get elected, uh, you switch the candidates. And then, if this were happening to your candidate, how would you feel about it? Yeah. And I think that's that's the fair thing. That's for instance to think about it. And, and as Americans, is to stick up for our right to speak our conscience, to speak the truth, and not get canceled out about it. Amen. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a second to uh, to cool down a little bit, <laughs> and then <laughs> then we'll come back with the other two in just a second. All right. Okay, we're back and. Uh, and a little little bit of passion about those things is is good, and so we want to we want to be appropriately passionate, and direct that uh, in 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 terms of uh, the that intensity to the appropriate with the situation, and it, it's 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 a very intense time, and a lot of my prayers, I I thank God for trusting us with these times. And uh, that hasn't happened by mistake, and uh, he has gifted us and equipped us and put us in position to uh, be able to to speak into these times. So we want to be uh, encouraging about that. Okay, our fourth October surprise is the use of social media to suppress uh, one side. Lately, it's been our side. Uh, and uh, to fund false stories to build up the other side. So uh, it's kind of right out of the playbook, and um, and we we have to be careful. Now, I, I, there's been an example uh, of somebody on social media uh, being contacted by um, uh, somebody from a social media company and offered four hundred dollars to an anti-Trump uh, video, some kind of false information, probably about January six or something, and post it to their social media and share it across all those platforms. And they offered like four hundred bucks to do that. And so whether you're funding drop boxes in, uh, in heavily democratic areas in Wisconsin or doing this, the use of social media to do that uh, is not right. It's illegal. 
And uh, we need to be just aware that that's happening. Yep. And also the FBI told Zuckerberg uh, to censor that Hunter Biden story before the 2020 election. And uh, Zuckerberg doesn't only have Facebook. Uh, He also owns Instagram. Um, He has influence uh, with the other uh, owners of different social media companies. Um, So that probably went far beyond Facebook. Um, if you really think about it and how big that story could have been if it was released like it should have been. Yeah. And just as a reminder, all of us, free speech is so important. It's not the government's job to police speech. Mm-hmm. We already went through that with the Alien and Sedition Acts and uh, way back. And it's not their job. And uh, whatever downsides that might, ha- might have, it does not um, um, overwhelm the the upside of the importance of free speech and having the consistent right to speak according to our conscience and then let there let there be counter arguments against it and uh, people have to be taught to be smart enough and to think well enough to be able to discern those things yeah and um, kind of a way to bypass uh, these censorships across the social media platforms, uh, Truth Social and Rumble, uh, those will probably be your best options if you're uh, looking for something uh, that is censor-free for the most part. So, Yeah, but we need to, to, to speak out, not be afraid to speak out, uh, and to try to hold people account for the censorship of that speech. And then we need to remember that uh, on on other sides too. And if if some you think somebody's telling the falsehood, then you try to tell the truth and point it out, and just pray that peop- enough people will have their eyes opened yeah. to be able to recognize that. Yep, exactly. So I, our our next one um, is, uh, of the five October surprises is baiting us to do something we can be blamed for. And so to start off, I think Brian wants to tell a little story on this one. Well. I'd like to say that this was a friend of mine's family, but growing up in my family, uh, sitting around the kitchen table, uh, I, I was kind of the, the quiet, uh, kind of passive-aggressive uh, type in my family. And uh, my younger brother uh, was kind of the more volatile, more outspoken person. So I knew ways that uh, I could kind of goad him, on, you know, either underneath the table or just say little things or make little noises or make faces that then he would blow up and then he would be the one that would get in trouble for blowing up. <laughs> so <laughs> I think uh, on, on a certain level that's what uh the forces of the other side are going to try to do is to um is to try to uh to look for stuff that we do uh that we're going to be able to get blamed for and that can distract from those real issues that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast yep and so another one of those is the MAGA movement and brian and i have been uh, very open about our opinions on on donald trump um but you know, there are times where, um, well, just for example, that, you know, Donald Trump did a better job than Joe Biden's doing. I mean, that's just plain and simple. And so there's going to be times where people bait us into falling into a trap, into saying that we're fascists because of that, because we we have that opinion. Um, so we have to be aware of that um, and respond accordingly in a way that doesn't escalate, but um, keeps the conversation uh, open, uh, doesn't shut it down, um, and, and just do the best we can uh, to do that. 
Yeah, and I, I've I, I don't own a MAGA hat or T-shirt or never worn one or anything, uh, and so man, I'm uh, and yet based on our conversation from last week, uh, and and just also Joe Biden's speech when he's talking about MAGA Republicans, uh, he he is talking about people like Denver and me and and mm-hmm. and 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 many others people that are of goodwill, and I'm not necessarily wearing that on a T-shirt. But uh, there's a lot, uh, if, you, uh, if we def- define that term the right way, he's talking about mostly very good, sincere people that are, if you disagree, they're still our fe- your fellow countrymen. And uh, that we have to realize we have a unity in that. And uh, that to not to, to be uh, let, you know, a good half of the population be uh, blackballed and broad brushed with the neo-fascist labels and then uh, come come against like we are domestic terrorists. Okay, that's that's not that faction. Uh, it, it may be there, but it's very minuscule and not worth getting the attention that it's getting. Yeah, they talk so much about how Donald Trump was a divider and how Joe Biden was supposed to be a uniter. But I mean, all I see from every speech that that Biden gives and he talks about the MAGA Republicans, that, that's just more of a dividing force, in my opinion. So, yeah. And the, there's evidence that both in the in the Michigan governor kidnapping case and in the, the January 6th there, there very likely could have been federal people in with those groups uh, seeking to uh, to 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 rile things up. And that, that might bother some of you. And I don't say that lightly and uh i i i don't want to be wrong about that but i think there's a lot of evidence that they're um uh that that even those agencies are trying to stack the deck in one direction or another and that's not right and not american either we have to be aware of it yeah a lot of people will will say that's like a, a conspiracy theory but there's a difference between a conspiracy theory and just being curious and and kind of wondering what's going on and, and that's kind of the case here so well, there's a difference between a conspiracy theory and a conspiracy, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> and that, yeah. uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, and right. a conspiracy is going to have some evidence to back it up. And I, you know, looking back in history, uh, the the Reichstag fire, and uh, you know, under Hitler, uh, you know, it was people in the, the the Nazis that started that fire, and they got to blame the Russians for it, and that gave them the excuse to come in and take over all the power to deal with those awful Russians, or and you can say those awful insurrectionists, those awful domestic terrorists, those awful MAGA Republicans. Uh, again, you trade those things and that that bodes very dangerously for our country. And no matter you know where we fall in the political spectrum, we just can't let that happen. Yeah. And, and even in the same light, uh, if, you, if you take the Russia-Ukraine thing, uh, there's been evidence that Russia has, has planted some false flag operations, which is kind of like the same thing. So it happens all the time. Yeah. Yep. But we need to be calm and peaceful and vigilant, uh, not let ourselves be self-silenced, but not get suckered into something that is not going to really do us any good. To stay on message, okay, what are these? The economy and the immigration and crime. third one, Denver? Crime. crime, yep. And then if we want to talk about energy and, the, and education, that's great. Yeah. But stay on message. Yep, I agree. All right, we'll be back in a little bit for some good news and uh, just a reminder of of a quote for the week.
Okay, and we're back to wrap things up. Um, and, and we'll start with some good news. Um, so the Italy and England prime ministers, uh, both conservatives, as it seems. Um, and, and we talk so much about the, the state perspective and the national perspective, but uh, there's definitely a global perspective that comes into play here. And, and having people on the global level uh, that uh, think conservatively is a great thing. And that's something to be to be happy about and to look forward to, to seeing what type of influence that they have on the global stage. Yep. Yep. And uh, it's, it's really exciting to see those things, uh, the, you know, seemingly pretty conservative prime ministers in, in Italy and England coming through and, and we pray. And, you know, even the red wave, I, you know, I don't necessarily, I mean, it would be nice to, to have conservative uh, leadership take over um, the House and Senate and then influence everything. And, but I think there's also an argument that there's some, some uh, Republicans that we might not want to be elected uh, because if they are kind of rhinos, then uh, uh, can, you know, arguably that that could kind of dilute uh, the good things that could, could happen. But that's kind of a, uh, an argument for another day. But uh, another piece of good news is the, the, the polls do seem to be looking good and positive right now. And so we want to keep, keep praying for that, keep working and talking and, and hammer those issues. And just you think about for yourself, what are the things that are worth looking at? And I know for myself uh, in California, uh, Proposition 1, the Constitution Amendment that will codify um, you know, the most uh, radical pro-abortion stuff, uh, taking away parents' rights if, if their kids come across the border uh, to do trans surgery and um, and uh, to do abortions and to um, you know to be able to 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 basically kill babies even after birth uh, in some instances uh, and I'd love to try to make the argument that that even for California that that's that is too radical that that's not necessary and that's not in anybody's good. I'm going to try to work to elect my local congressman. Thoroughly disappointed with California's, you know, govern, gubernatorial candidates and the yeah. uh, other statewide offices. And and again, that's for after the election to make sure we have better choices uh, for later on. But right now, uh, I'm going to kind of work for those Senate Senate candidates around the nation and uh, pray for them. I've donated to some of them because uh, I think it's just that important. Yep, that's really good stuff. And and just going back to the polls quickly, uh, it, it's very good uh, to, to hear that stuff, and it's very encouraging. But we just can't rely on it. We've seen time and time again where the polls have have not been accurate. So that that doesn't mean we can kick back and and say it's done. You know, like Brian and I have been saying, it's a sprint, and that's what we have to be doing now. So, yep, don't lose heart. And in that light, uh, we're going to pull out a quote that we've mentioned before and you've heard, but it's good bearing reminders that uh, the price of freedom is, uh, is eternal vigilance. And so uh, that looks different for all of us, but we want to encourage you in that, that good fight to, to pray for, to seek, to find your place to, to, uh, to think out, to think to speak to people, to pray, and to realize that that uh, while the results are are ours, that we do have a duty to be faithful and to be vigilant and to to try to be informed. And so it's to that end that we're doing this, and and we hope that you'll let us know um, uh, what we can do to further help you. Yeah, that's a very good perspective. Yep. All right, let us know. Goodfight71 at gmail.com. Uh, this will be sent out uh, in, in a form of kind of a summary 
email with our new format. Try to forward it on if you think it's helpful and, and let us know ways you think it could be more helpful or be put out to more people. Yep. Keep up the good fight, everybody. Hey, we'll see you next week. Thank you. God, Bye. God bless. Bye.